so fucking great. I love that. Are you often a multiple? Oh, I'm a multiple orgasmer yeah, for sure. True. I love that about myself. Whenever I read and people can't, I'm like, I'm so sorry that you weren't blessed with the skill. You should ask God to please give this to you. <laughs> it's a gift. Welcome to Sweet Release. Hi Val, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You are a very successful entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur with your brand and your organic period product line. So you founded Riff Care and launched last June and you have a whole line of organic products, period underwear, tampons, Pads. I have to send you some. I just realized I was like, wow, that was the biggest fail ever. I I've been so, oh my gosh. To bring some so we could show them off next time. Or I know. Well, I have some in my car. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I really appreciate you being here. So, I'd love to first start off with why, why period products? Did you have this history of painful periods? Did you have this struggle of feeling heard and just want to you know advocate for women's health or what kind of started your journey in period care really all of it. i think for me and my co-founder we both had a lot of issues with hormone imbalance i think it was uh 2017 this was the year of the malibu fires i ended up going to portugal and living there because we didn't have anywhere to live in malibu and at the same time i was having so many issues every three weeks i had to get tested for thyroid disorder and STDs and all these different, like they were just running all these health panels because I mean, my numbers were just off the charts with like estrogen plummeting, looking like I was in menopause and things. And I really didn't know what was going on with my body. So I went through this whole healing journey of myself and I went through this whole detox, but I started to go through my products and I realized I'm detoxing my food. You know, I'm, I'm starting to take all these supplements. I'm getting my blood checked regularly, but my period care is still like, I don't even know what it is, right? So I switched to organic products and I think in that process, I just thought this really doesn't work that well and like this is kind of itchy and this is like made of cotton, but it's not organic. And so I was just very confused. And I thought that there was some space for innovation. So I started using reusables and I thought I would make a brand with reusables. And I was really in love with hemp at this time. My my ex-husband works in hemp materials. So I wanted to make like reusable hemp period care. And then by the time we got back to the US, literally COVID started. And then I went through a divorce and all these other things. Um, but I was actually talking to someone about wanting to start this project, but not really knowing where to start. And I was like, I wanna make reusables, but also disposables have like more users, right? Like how can I make some pads and period products out of hemp fiber? I think that'd be really interesting. Um, so I told this to someone and they're like, I want to invest in your company. And I was like, I don't have a company. <laughs> like, what company? Uh, but I ended up getting my first angel check at that point and was like, oh shit, someone's giving me their money, so I have to make this happen. Um, and there was a lot of people who tried to make period care with hemp fiber and it just wasn't possible. We ended up finding a manufacturer and two months later we had a prototype. So that's kind of how it came about. But really it was my own personal struggles and then just wanting to find some innovation. That's amazing. Could you, you know, I've never been a pad or a period underwear user, but mm -hmm. I feel like now there's such this influx of like, you know, organic, of course, is, yeah. is best and, you know, putting things that are good for the earth in your body or yeah. 
near your vagina or whatever it is. So, so why, why do people choose, you know, pads or underwear over tampons? Is that more of like a personal choice or do you think it's, you know, a lot of maybe women that have issues would prefer not sticking something in there maybe or all of that? I think it's all of it. Like, what do you use? I've always been a tampon user. Yeah, since the beginning? Yeah, the first time I got my period, we were on vacation in Lake Michigan. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I don't remember how old I was, but I remember like we were about about to put on my tankini or whatever it was. (laughs) And my, my mom was like, Oh, honey. I was like, mom, there's brown stuff on my underwear. I didn't know what it was. It had been there for a few hours or whatever. And she was like, oh, honey, you got got your period. And I was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? Of course. I have to go swimming. Yeah. So she was like, it's okay. I have a tampon. And she showed me how to put it in and all was well. And ever since then, I've only used tampons. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends that have tried, you know, the cups and all the other like more organic. And I usually tend to choose organic. Mm -hmm. Um, try to eat organic as well but yeah yeah why organic is it better to have organic stuff in your body and obviously there's so many benefits for using organic for the earth yeah but in terms of women's health yeah um, do you do you see specific benefits with using hemp over other products yeah so i think the thing with organic is that you have to realize that so many people have irritation with period products And I didn't realize that until we started to try to sample people, right? So we'd be like, oh, we have this period care and we're making this brand. And so we tried to get a few hundred people to use it before we went to market. And there was a lot of people who were like, that, you know, tampons make me itchy or pads make me feel sweaty. There was all these different issues. And we realized that with synthetic materials, it doesn't feel as good, right? So of course it's better for your body because you're not getting these chemical products. Uh, most people don't even know that their products are made with polyester and not cotton because what they do is like they cottonize plastic and they make it into period products. And if you wouldn't eat plastic, like why would you put it in your body for, I don't know, some like 80 hours a month? Like you just, it's insane. Um, but the correlation I think is still not there for a lot of people because a lot of people just, they see something and they think it is, you know, like I said, they think it's cotton. So I think for us, it's like we have to start being even more diligent about educating about what's actually in products because most people don't know. And then to your first question, why do people use pads or period underwear or different things? There's so many period disorders and vaginal disorders, if you want to call them that, that I didn't even know about, like vaginismus, which I went through for two years, actually. Extreme pain in my vagina. It was after I had um, an IUD that was displaced. And so for six months, I was having extremely painful sex and I had a partner who just was not really caring about my pleasure or my pain at all. I didn't know what was going on. And so uh, the situation happened where my IUD got displaced and then I ended up having a miscarriage. And then for two years, sex was just extremely painful. And I had to stop using tampons at that time, which is why I started searching for the best pad, the best reusables, because I couldn't do it. And there's so many people who go through these things in life, whether it's unfortunately, like maybe even an assault or, you know, just sex that's not that pleasurable and it makes them feel pain all the time or it's something with their nervous system that could be happening or it's aging or menopause or you know so many different things that people might not want to use a cup or a disc because we get that comment a lot on TikTok or Instagram like you know these products aren't sustainable because like they still have to go into the landfill use this and I'm like some people can't some people have really low cervix some people have really open 
open cervix. Some people have just pain in general, or they just don't want to have to like wash their hands and put in tampon. They'd rather just, it's already on. I don't have to think about it. So we try to also think about that in product development too. Um, you know, we can't just fit one certain type of person. 80% of women use pads, which I also found out when we're making our product. But yeah, there's a whole host of reasons. I think it's mostly with pads, the ease of wearing them. But I think period underwear are just as easy. So it'll be interesting to see that category grow. And your period underwear is cute. Like, I was surprised. <laughs> I was like, this is cute on you. Thank you. So how does it feel when you do put on period underwear? Do you feel yourself bleeding? Mm -hmm. How long can you wear them? So have you never worn period never, underwear? Okay, never. so I'm going to send you a pair. Okay, thank because you. Because you need to try them. Yeah, I would love to. They're life-changing, especially for sleep, too. Like, I, right. I'm the type of person who's just, like, afraid to sleep in a tampon. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm going to wake up dead. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes, especially if you sleep long hours, it's not yeah. really good for you to have it in for so long. Yeah, I'm like, what if I accidentally fall asleep for 16 hours? It's never happened, but what if, you know? Um, but the thing with period underwear is it's kind of like free bleeding. Have you heard of this concept of free bleeding? I wanted you to talk about that, actually. Yeah. So the concept of free bleeding is basically this movement that's been happening for probably thousands of years. I think women have probably done it all the time where they choose to not stop their flow and they either choose to just bleed into their clothing or bleed into a rag, which I don't even know if that's considered free, ble free bleeding. Uh, I can't do this because my period is extremely heavy and I think half of people who have periods have really heavy periods. But the concept is really interesting because it's kind of like, you know, staying in and sheltering in. It's not just the act of bleeding itself, it's also kind of sheltering for the world, staying home and going within and just letting it flow. So I think that's the concept of free bleeding and I actually trademarked free to bleed just in case we ever wanted to do anything with oh, free bleeding. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I think that period underwear gives that same effect, but you still get to be out in the world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think, and people always wonder like, what does it feel like? How does the blood soak up? But there's, there's layers to the underwear. So ours are made with hemp. So they're very, very comfortable. But when you bleed, it's not just blood. It's not liquid, it's actually tissue. So just like anything else, I think one of the top things I ask people to do with period underwear is like if you have tissue that's sitting on the top of your underwear, it impedes the blood from going down. So you just wipe off the tissue like when you go to the bathroom, the endometrial tissue that's shedding, and it makes it an even more pleasurable experience, I believe. A lot of people don't have super heavy tissue, but I know I do. And so that helps me with my experience. So it feels better and more dry. It's supposed to feel dry and as soon as you feel wet, you take them off and you change or use them as a backup. So there's a lot of different uses for period underwear. I love that. <laughs> and you can have it on all day long, right? Like it's Oh, yeah. For, well, I guess depending on your flow, De right? Depending on your flow. But I have some friends who are light and they'll wear them like an entire 14 hours during the day. Mm. For me, I'm someone, like I said, I'm extremely heavy. So I'll use it as a backup. And then for sleep, I use them all alone. And for exercise, I use them all alone. And on, I think the last two days of my period, I'll, I'll just do them all alone. You talk a lot um, about the link between periods and like body dysmorphia as well. Is there, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, have you been familiar with the whole cycle sinking craze that's been going on on the internet? <laughs> that's another thing I wanted you to talk about. Um, it's, I, I read about it on your blog and on your TikTok and stuff and mm -hmm. it's fascinating just about your body and being more aware. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of me, not only coming into myself as a woman, but coming into myself as an entrepreneur who talks about 
period products, you know? It's like, it's not just a product and it's not just this time of the month, it's an entire cycle. And so I just started to learn about my, I guess, seasonal or monthly depression and monthly anxiety that came up. And I've always been someone who's, you know, was diagnosed with anxiety, I think when I was like seven years old and I started to have panic attacks. Um, and I just realized that as I got older, it got worse, especially around my menstrual cycle. And so it was starting to control my life where I'd be in a relationship and like if my period was starting, oh my God, I was breaking up with you. You know what I mean? Like the whole world. And then it started to get to a point where before my period, I would feel so unattractive that I wouldn't take pictures, I wouldn't take videos of myself. I'd look in the mirror and be like, who is this? And I'm like, okay, I know that I like how I look and I know that I am attractive, but just learning how your body and your hormones actually change in a way where you can physically see yourself differently. And once you start to realize that and you could even do things to biohack around that cycle, you can A, have more awareness around it, which makes it more real, but also you know, a part of you that is not who you are because you know that this is a specific week, next week it's gonna be different and your cycle's constantly changing. But also, you can take preventative measures for that. So whether that's supplementing or diet or exercise or that week you're gonna do more affirmations and that week you're gonna, you know, be around your friends more and that week you're gonna maybe stay away from social media as much, you know? Like planning your life around your cycle, I think, for me, has been the smartest. I wanted to make TikTok videos this week. I have 100 ideas. I'm in my PMS week. <laughs> I keep opening the camera and I hate everything I'm making. So like, I'll do it next week. That's good. So it really is just having that awareness of your cycle and how it can affect you differently and the mood and everything. I mean, your whole body, yeah. the hormones just affect you in a way that not a lot of us are aware of, really. Yeah. And I thought, how powerful would it have been if I got this information when we did sex ed, which was also like awful. Um, mm -hmm. But if we had this information and also not just the girls in the class, but like everyone got this information, right? Because you know, we are creating life and this cycle is probably the most important thing that happens to us every single month, whether you ever wanna become a mom or not, in one way or another, it controls your life, it controls your aging, it controls the way your skin looks, it controls your mood. And so the fact that we don't learn about it and my mom is just learning about it in her 50s while she's going through menopause is like, something needs to change immediately. And it can't just be like the people who are looking for this information who find it on TikTok, like this needs to be more broad like way more broad so that we're talking about sex ed we need to talk about the menstrual cycle all that stuff yeah it's i love open communication and and you know talking about taboo topics like sex and kink and even mm -hmm. menstruation i mean yeah. there's such a i think maybe less in our generation i know we're more comfortable at least me and my friends you know yeah it's just we talk about tampons and I don't care if I'm carrying a tampon at work to the bathroom. Totally. Like I'm not <laughs> one to hide it or feel weird, but there are a lot of people in society that are still uncomfortable about just periods in general. I mean, yeah. I remember being dating some men and some men will just flick your tampon out. Yeah, <laughs> and totally. Experience me like, let's go. And others will be like, whoa, you're on your period and I'm not touching you. <laughs> that was like my last experience. I was dating someone who was younger than me. He's like mm -hmm. 27. And I think when I was like, he was coming over and I was like, look, I'm on my period. And he's like, oh, we can postpone. And then I was like, no, no, no I'm just letting you know. Yeah, <laughs> Doesn't mean we're postponing anything. It's added lubrication. I find it to be very right. right. And I also find actually my vagina feels like tighter. Maybe it's because yeah. I had a tampon in there previously or it was just like 
I think it's like just a little bit full. I don't know how to describe it, but. It's actually because you have more blood flow during right, this sense. time of the month. So I always tell people if you have a hard time orgasming, orgasming, if you have a hard time orgasming, try having sex during your period. And if that concept just seems so foreign to you, because some people like me, I actually do have vaginal pain during my period. It feels like, my God, like someone's beating the hell out of it. And unfortunately not in a fun way. So, you know, like I really have to be conscious of that. But then for me, if I do have sex during the time of the month, it's like all of a sudden I'm walking on cloud nine again and I'm feeling much better. But I also tell people, if you're gonna be having sex during your period uh, and you're using tampons, you could be getting micro tears. So make sure that even though you're on your period, even if you have a heavy flow, use some type of lubrication, so even silicone lubrication. Uh, there's cotton fibers that could be shed into you when you're using a, when you're using a tampon. So these are just things to also think about. Yeah, good awareness, thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> um, what, you know, being an entrepreneur, you're also a mother, you have a mm -hmm. beautiful daughter. How, how do you find time for self-care and self-pleasure or, you know, pleasure with a partner? Do you have certain rituals or how do you, how do you make that time? <laughs> oh, my God. I've been separated for, like, three and a half years now. And I've had three boyfriends during this time. And I find that usually I'm, like, dating people who are also entrepreneurial. So, like, going on a date in the middle of the day and, like, having lunch or having dinner and then, like, having sex is very easy. Um, but most of my dating actually hasn't been sexual lately just because, I don't know, I feel like because I don't have that much time, I don't have that much energy to give, right? So when I really find someone, it's like, and we connect that way, I make the time. I also don't have my daughter on the weekend. So at first it was so sad because I'm like, we can't do fun stuff. And I'm like, wait, I have me time during the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then because I work at home, like this week, for example, it is my PMS week and I am so unfocused but I've got that little rose, you know the rose? No. Oh my God, there's this toy called the rose. Like if you haven't tried it, it's life changing. Oh, I have seen it. It's a little, it's a vibrator, right? It's a, yes, yeah, the rose vibrator, it. It, just any suction vibrator at all. Yeah, I do love the suction. I do have a suction one, it's lovely. It's life changing. Life changing, yeah, life changing. People have no idea. And I have so many friends who don't even use vibrators, but, but on the subject of like, how do I find time for myself? I think um, the first few months I really did have to go within after the breakup, I think, and not have sex and really find because the relationship wasn't safe. Like really find and wait for people who were safe to share that experience with again because it's like, I don't want to waste anyone's time, but I don't want to waste my own time. And like, especially with my sexual energy now, it's it just changed so much when I was in my early 20s. And so I think when I meet people now, I mean, I just went through a breakup, I'm kind of heartbroken, mm, but okay. it's okay. Mm. But you know, I really do, find that time and take that time because for me I also want to get back into that part of myself because it not only makes me feel like sexy when I'm having sex but also when I'm feeling my most feminine energy is when I'm feeling a mutual respect of the divine feminine which can happen in like in a safe sexual environment mm -hmm. and it's healing it's, it's healing stress releasing yeah I mean or relieving yeah it's all of those yeah, it promotes creativity and live, like all of those things. Yeah. For me, if done in the right way. I think before, like what I would say when I was like between the ages of like 20 and 22 and I was like single, I was, I don't know, it, it wasn't creating the same like creative energy and flow and playfulness as it is now in my 30s. I'm also more comfortable with myself. I think after having a kid, it's like, you know, you, you just... I'm not gonna say you don't care as much, but there's nothing that can seem 
gross or taboo or any of that because of, I think, what you go through during childbirth and just like raising another human and also raising a little girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you, I mean, she's still pretty young, so have yeah. you had that period conversation with her yet? Or Oh, she knows all about periods. Okay, good. <laughs> Valentin, Valentina is like a period expert. I did this one video about her and I was like, how's, you know, like, what do you think about periods? And she's like, all I know is that the week before my mom gets very angry. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel a little bit too conscious. <laughs> Do you, I, you also have, and maybe this was um, an older product, but you have a pleasure oil. Yes. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Or yeah. How, how does, yeah, it's also organic or you were talking about um, what product is it made of? Or so this is oil? made, it's a CBD Water. oil. Oh, right. It's okay. a CBD based oil. So this was actually our first product. So. For me, I didn't want to just start the line because with the period products because I was like, I have no money to start it. But I was like, I know that I can make this oil and I used to sell it on eBay, which is completely random. But my dad used to have a cannabis company and he always had so much leftover oil. And so he would give it to me. And because I was going through this uh, time of having vaginismus and extreme vaginal pain, I was starting to use this coconut CBD oil like during sex. And it was life-changing and then I found another brand and they made a CBD oil but the things they put in it kind of burned me so I started making my own I gave it to all of my friends and so then when I relaunched Riff I thought if we're gonna have hemp let's just also sell the hemp oil we're discontinuing it right now because it has CBD which is so sad but I have a few more bottles I'll send you one Um, but it was really me you know wanting to have a more comfortable sexual experience and so if you've never tried CBD during sex there's a bunch of brands that make the oil we might be sold out by the time that this comes out, but it really helps to relax, get that extra blood flow. And I think for a lot of people, like the whole idea of lubrication is just for like older people or people who can't get wet or whatever, you know, like it's such a weird conversation. People are like embarrassed to use lubrication. And I'm like, no, lube is a different experience, different temperature, fun. Like there's so many reasons to use lube that are outside of, oh, like I'm dry, you know, like that is the, only one out of like 50 reasons you could use lube it's to explore and just have a new sensation and also just feel more comfortable a lot of people have a better orgasm when they have lube because they don't have to think about oh i'm not getting there it's just like it's one thing that's already taken care of Mm -hmm. so true and there's even flavored lubes now oh yeah like you said there's it's a different temperature right yeah it's even cold and yeah hot and mm-hmm. all the different styles yeah and ones that can help your partner if they come too fast i mean those are <laughs> oh, cool. that i just saw heard of that. oh i just saw like this desensitizing one and i was like that would have been really useful a few years ago yeah, i've actually had a few um of my listeners that were asking about you know pre-ejaculation and how mm-hmm. to help with that so that could be perhaps something to look into yeah yeah I mean there's products it's also obviously conversations with your partner and Mm -hmm. yeah awesome I love it we um talk a lot about you know I don't know like I said before open communication Mm -hmm. and um just being your authentic self of course and I see that you're an advocate a lot on all your socials for you know not only health but self-pleasure and yeah I really appreciated seeing that it was a nice surprise (laughs) um but you're also an advocate for you know you give a percentage of your proceeds to women or organizations that help with sexual assault and um you know family you know issues and so I was curious 
how that came about or if that's um, something that you have always been an advocate for, you know, women, and if that's also just an area that you're curious about or if you had experience and if you'd be interested in sharing. <laughs> yeah. I think for us, we, we always want to get back and we're not sure exactly what the lane is going to be that we stick with in terms of our giving back. Like some people suggested environment and some people suggested sending products to Africa. And I thought there are so many people who need help right here in LA. And so one of the places that we've donated to has been the Midnight Mission products. Um, a lot of products, especially when we had our first prototypes, it's like we had thousands of extra products to give and we're like, there's people downtown LA who need period products. Um, and then also giving products um, when people do also food drives. And so one of the people I did a food drive with was the VIP uh, inter violence intervention program. And they specifically have women who've been through domestic violence. They're right in Los Angeles. It's very easy to, to get involved with them. And so after I went through a breakup a few years ago, unfortunately, the relationship was abusive. And it, it, like I came out of this relationship after being in it for a few years and not even realizing it was abusive and just starting to go down the rabbit hole of YouTube videos and listening to other people and just seeing what they did. And I just felt so like moved by everyone's story. And I was like, I have to give back. And so that's one place that we've given. I mean, for us, it's like when things come up, we give where we can, whether it's like, you know, in Maui, there was shelters, women's shelters that didn't have any products. And so it's like, okay, we need to send there. I think there will be that like dream partner that we work with in the future, but we just haven't found them yet. But I think especially for me, um, women who are trying to get back on their feet after an abusive relationship are the most vulnerable people in society because those are often the women and children that end up on the streets and homeless. And so if we can make them feel dignified, not just by giving them something, but by giving them something that feels luxurious and organic and like someone gave it just to them, like could you imagine, um, you know, kind of feeling down and out and then getting something that you didn't think you could afford? Like that feels amazing. Like I wanna give that experience to people. And I think in the future when we're thinking about our give back opportunities, we always have to think about the environment, right? Like as much as we love to get products to people, it might not be the most sustainable thing. Like how can we give reusables? How can we help people to make their own products? There was an amazing documentary on Netflix called Period, I think. Mm -hmm. In India, the women were making their own paths. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how can we empower people to do projects like that? So yeah, we're, we're, we're future thinking and, and looking for a partner also. Awesome. Have you always been a mother earth activist <laughs> or did that come from your mom or yeah where did it come from i think it came from my mom for sure i have a super like venice beach family you know my my parents both came to united states in the 80s and you know my parents are from these countries with the most beautiful beaches in the world and they came to la and they were like this is awful yeah, so my shitty mom beach. <laughs> shitty beaches so dirty and so my mom, who's from Panama, she's from the coast, and she would like have us go to the beach before school in Playa del Rey and pick up trash. And then like, and then people would come and they would pick up trash with us, or we'd go to the park and we'd always bring plastic bags and we'd pick up trash and we'd bring food for the animals. And my mom, at one point, like my uncle had this rabbit farm, which was very random, but when he died, she like took the rabbits and put them in all the parks in LA to like repopulate the rabbit population. Like she's so just. She's just like that woman, right? She's like my, I have a bunch of adopted siblings. She's just always taking 
the initiative. She's always the first person taking initiative. I think we talked about this before, but she would like adopt dogs and like take these dogs used to be, you know, put as fighting dogs by gang members. And so I think having a mom like that really did encourage me. And I'm trying to be that for my daughter. Like I'm trying to take her to women's events. And when we go to the beach, yes, we bring a plastic bag because I'm like, sometimes people are stupid and they leave trash Mm -hmm. because they don't understand, you know? And we're not always gonna watch movies. Sometimes I want you to watch a documentary because I want you to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And really just explaining that, that to her. But also I think traveling, I became very aware of the environmental impact that we have on other countries. Like you go to other countries and you're like, oh my God, this American trash is on every single beach. Mm-hmm. So the name for the company actually was originally supposed to be Reef because I thought it was gonna all be about ocean plastic because I'm such an ocean girl. Uh, but we did not get that trademark. So then I made it Riff. And I was like, we gotta find something for Riff. So instead of like Reef for oceans and beaches, Riff is regenerative international female. So I was like, how can we, I like the R and the F, like we gotta make it work. Yeah, yeah, I meant to say that, what that meant in my (laughs) intro. Thanks for mentioning it now. Um, Well, I'm an ocean girl too. That's really cool that you are. So do you, is that one of your means? I mean, of course, you always pick up trash on the beach. Are you always getting in the ocean for self-care as well at all? Or I mean, I go to the... so much out here, maybe, because it's so dirty. (laughs) The beach is so dirty out here. Uh, I was talking to my friend about it just last week. Yeah. When you go anywhere else, down in Mexico, you know, even yeah. across the coast, my partner's from South Carolina, the beach is just so much nicer over there. Yeah, um, yeah. I love does the it be- center you? Do you like being living by the ocean? I do. I, I feel like I'm always going to live by the ocean. Like, I have to be, even within, like, walking, biking distance. I think for me, maybe it's, like, in my blood, like, that Caribbean tropical. Like, mm-hmm. I just have to be near. I especially love humid beach weather. Like, that's perfect for me. Um, but I, I think what really connects me to the beach is just seeing the vast, like, like we are so small, right? And even when I think about my company and my social media and everything, like when I go to the beach, none of that matters. And so I have friends sometimes and I see them and they're like staying home all day. And I'm like, you need to get out because it really centers you to think like what really matters. And so I think that's why I love it so much. And it's also where I think I do some of my most clear thinking. So sometimes even if I'm having a hard time getting through my emails, I'll go to the beach and just lay down in the sun and just start blasting through them because my mind is all of a sudden very clear. Yeah, that's so true. It's the best place to be for sure. It's yeah. very relaxing. Are you from a beach town originally? No, Chicago, so a lake. Okay. But it's very Big body different. of water. Yeah, it's yeah. a body of water. <laughs> um, yeah, that's amazing. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> so do you, you know, I was going to ask you kind of other self-care practices or if you have any other methods to keep your, you know, it's, it takes a lot. You have, you're a mom, you're not just a mom, but you're an entrepreneur and you, you have this business. And so how do you keep that power flowing like on a day-to-day life? I mean, of course you have your awareness where maybe when you're <laughs> menstruating, that's kind of a relaxing yeah. week. You take, yeah notes when you need to relax and and not focus so heavily on producing content or you know talking to whoever it is the vendors or whatever you have so how do you what are some other tools that you do to kind of cultivate that power i guess yeah i think cycle syncing really helps if you go to the rift care blog you can see all the article about all the articles about cycle syncing and and what ways it can make you feel more empowered in your daily life um 
I think some of that soft life stuff is like a lot of it's bullshit, but like a lot of it works. You know what I mean? And if you think about cycle syncing, there's a lot of soft life incorporated into that. But generally I have like, I live a hard life. Like I, I don't know. I mean, I have to be in my like masculine energy a lot when I work. I just, I have to be like, I'm the boss. I'm the one who has to talk to the suppliers and, and do the things. And um, I, I think I grew up with like seeing my mom getting to be in a more soft role. And so for me, I didn't know what the balance was or what that looked like. But what my morning looks like is I exercise six days a week. So every day, usually when I wake up, I'm feeling the most creative. So I usually read at that time and I read like, you know, spiritual things. I read scriptures, I read prayers, I send them to people. I have all of my communication in the morning. And then I'll probably go into editing videos. It feels like my best time for editing videos. It'll take me like 10 minutes to edit a video versus like 3 p.m. It might take me an hour because my brain is just like not working. And then I'll usually get up and just kind of prepare the day, straighten things out, do my skincare, take my daughter to school, and then I'll go to the gym. I'll usually do bar or Pilates because that causes the less stress on my body. So it doesn't like stress me out or raise my blood sugar or anything like that. When I was doing super hard workouts, I felt actually more stressed out. Like in the moment I would feel a lot of energy and like power and then afterwards I'd be completely drained. Mm. So, and then I'll just like schedule my work into blocks. So like I still have a talent agency, which I run. So it's like this hour for the talent agency and then three hours for riff. Then a phone call and a lot of times my phone calls, life hack is take them on walks. I'm like, oh, I'm not presenting. Okay, put me on a phone call. We're not doing a Zoom anymore. And they're like, what's that sound? I'm like, the waves. (laughs) <laughs> the waves I'm at the beach right now having this phone call you know like I have to make it work for me at the same time it's not really like I can take time off I am in the period of my life where sometimes I'll work 10 12 hours in a day and sometimes I'll start at 5 a.m. and my last email will go out at 2 a.m. it's like that maybe happens twice a month but a lot of days it is like I'm working from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And as much as that's not like work-life balance, it's not forever, but I can't build a company that needs to grow as fast as I want it to grow and also have a soft life. Like I have to just like, I can maybe be soft in my partnerships and friendships, but in work, I just have to work really, really hard. Yeah, and I agree. I've even just building this brand and this podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. there's always something to do, Mm -hmm. whether it's my website or you know sending emails or yeah conversations it's like you're always working <laughs> yeah and so I can relate in a way you know of course you have a big business <laughs> a little bit different but I'm a small business I suppose no but you're a creator yeah yeah creators it's a lot because it's like you don't only have to be the creator it's like even you crafting the email to me and coming up with ideas it's like mm-hmm. you're the creative and you're the producer and you're the business person and mm-hmm probably also have to do like sales. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into that. I wish I had more time to be more of a creator. And I know one day with my business, it's like people think, oh, you're the CEO. I'm like, I might hire a CEO when I can afford to and, you know, be able to do more creative stuff. Like, cause it's, it's a lot being everything. Well, you are really good at creating. I Thank you. love your, your TikToks and your videos and your blogs and everything. Have you, is there like any lessons learned so far? that you could share? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think what I would say people about creating is like, if you look at my Instagram, it's very different from my TikTok because Instagram just feels like this archaic, passive place now that people just watch and judge. They don't really support, they don't really like. And when you look at TikTok, it seems like people are actually engaging community and comments. And 
I mean, I guess it's different page per page, but I think you just can't stop creating. Um, I have some friends who like videos don't do well for a month and they just stop. And I'm like, I mean, that the next video you made could have been the one that like people really got touched by. Right, they resonate with. That they really resonated with. And it might not even gone viral, but it could have been the one that got you the followers who are really like into your message. So for me, I just don't stop creating. And like even this week, I said I felt like shit. I made a video where I was crying. May or may not post it. May <laughs> or may not post it. Might just go on my stories. But I need to create at all times because if I stop, then I get into the habit of stopping. But if you keep going, you do get into the habit of keeping going. And I think that's one thing my dad taught me for sure is like you cannot stop you know consistency is key for Con sure consistency is key when it comes to creating content and i think also um there's ways that you can create content smarter right so we know with period care there's a lot of different words that are being used but we went specifically to the google office and we were like can we have a meeting with you and they said yeah we're like oh, google's letting us go to their office and have a meeting and it's like what words could be used and adjacent like adjacent to period care and how can we start to build a brand and content off that? People are looking for those things, but brands are not necessarily talking about them as much. And so if you're a creator, you can use keywords to really draw in the audience that you want without being drowned in the noise. Because I think that's also really difficult for creators. It's like, how do I find my voice when there's a hundred people who are also talking about this now? Mm -hmm. Fascinating. You said earlier in that, um, that you, that Instagram and TikTok, you know, they're just so different. So do you find that the more content you create, you're kind of creating unique content for each social outlet? Yeah, the thing about Instagram now is I don't even create content for Instagram. And I probably should, but my content for Instagram is kind of like, oh, I got a nice picture at a restaurant. I'll post it. Right. Sure. So maybe it's a little bit more personal or... it's it, Instagram is so impersonal and my TikTok is so personal. Oh, okay. And then my YouTube shorts is like, things that I think are really funny, but maybe I wouldn't put so public. YouTube Shorts feels very anonymous for me and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> well, there's no rules with YouTube, which is kind of nice. Yeah, and so my next thing I think is getting into YouTube long form content. I made my first video and my family hated it, so I deleted it and I was just like, oh, whatever, like I'm not making content for anyone. It was like a house tour of like my family's house because <laughs> we're decorating it. My sister's like, you can't post anything until it's done. And I was like, this is why you're not a creator. Because yes, there's some cringe and like this ugly ass tile and like the beds being on the floor because we're trying to figure out what bed frames we want. But like, that's being a creator. People want to see that mm -hmm. going through it process. Uh, even now we're redoing packaging and I was like, oh, we'll, we'll debut this packaging. And I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna ask my audience what they think about the packaging. They could hate it. I don't care. I need their opinion. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think I mean, you don't have to overshare. Like, you know, I just was in a relationship for a few months and like no one saw that guy. And like, I didn't talk specifically about him, but talking about the feelings or maybe the things that I'm learning about myself emotionally, like you can pick and choose what you want to share. But I think the pages for me that are anonymous and it's just like a girl getting dressed and walking down the street and drinking a cup of coffee, like I can't relate to those and they're not aspirational to me because she could be friggin' depressed in an abusive relationship for all I know. Like I need to, know what's going on. It needs to be tangible for me. And those things are really intangible. I think a thing of the past. Yeah. No, that's very true. I'm learning a lot as I go on. And so I appreciate the insight. <laughs> that was very helpful. Um, as we're kind of closing up a little bit, do you have, I, I like to ask um, my guests because this is the Sweet Release podcast and 
you know, I'm a firm believer of normalizing pleasure. If you're com- comfortable sharing that last time you had that sweet, sweet release, yeah. <laughs> any or all details you're interested in sharing. Oh my God. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> oh, yesterday. I don't know why. I went like maybe a week without masturbating. And lately it's been very much like me and the person that I was dating, we had like explored a lot together and it was very fun. And then I kind of went into this mode where usually, I don't know, after a relationship, I just feel kind of unmotivated for like self-pleasure or to meet anyone else or have sex. I just like, I like having sex in the container of a relationship, but self-exploration, I'm usually like anytime. Um, But yesterday I was feeling very, very just off and imbalanced. And before I cannot nap without masturbating, like it's impossible. I have to be either on a hot beach or masturbating. This is the only two ways I can fall asleep if the sunlight is out. (laughs) So I went and I got my rose and within three minutes I had like three of the most amazing orgasms. It was a a breathing exercise that I was doing. And so I tell people it's like a very weird breathing exercise, but your mouth is open and your tongue is out and just like, like a really deep breath. And as soon as you hit the top of the breath, you orgasm. Like it's fucking amazing. I don't remember where I got that. I do that a lot. Breath can kind of help you channel that energy through you yes. and it comes out more powerful. Totally. It, anyways, it was like, I was like, that was fucking, like I blew myself away. That's amazing. And I was like, let me try again. And then <gasps> it happened again. I was like, let me try again. <gasps> I was like, that was like, so fucking great. I love that. Are you often a multiple? Oh, I'm a multiple orgasmer yeah, for sure. I love that about myself. Whenever I read and people can't, I'm like, I'm so sorry that you weren't blessed with the skill. <laughs> you should ask God to please give this to you. <laughs> it's I a gift. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. I love it. I was talking to my friend the other day who's, she's moving in with her partner soon. And she's like, what am I going to do? Like, I have to, I always masturbate before bed. And now there's going to be another human there. Like, can I just do it while... <laughs> He's there. Like, I don't know. You might have to figure out another time. Or yeah, yeah. There is time sometimes with when I'm with my partner. I love masturbating when I'm watching TV. Yeah. And so sometimes he will just be next to me. Yeah. And you know that's just the way it is. Yeah. Like love me. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) This is what I need for myself right now. So thank you for sharing. I love that. Of course. (laughs) How do we find your products? Where? Where are you? Is it mostly on your website or? We're growing right now. We're growing right now. So if you're in Los Angeles or Southern California, we're in Erewhon, we're in Gelson's. Um, We have our whole retailers page on our site and we just launched in Met Market and also New Seasons in Oregon and Washington. So I'll be up there later this month. We're also on Mom's Market in the East Coast. And like I said, if you go to the retailers page, you can find us. We're also on Amazon at Riff Care and then at our website at riffcare.com. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you, and this was fun. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.